Hello, everybody. This is William Del Pilar. This is your points on the board. And I am here with my cohort, Mr. Eddie Aparicio, El Matador de El Salvador. Man, I love saying that, Eddie. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. How you doing, Guillermo? I'm all good, man. I just Actually, I just recovered from COVID, my second time getting it last week, man. <laughs> and it wasn't that bad. It was just like a regular flu. So, you know, I'm not going to call it a COVID thing anymore. I'm just going to call it a flu because that's what it is now. So, yeah. Did you yeah. get, did you take the vaccine? Are, are you vaccinated? I, I did, but I did it so long ago. I, and I haven't done any boosting. I just did the first and the second one. And I didn't want to do any more, honestly. I didn't even want to do it the first nah. one. I don't blame you. And some people were forced because of the job. It's like, I tell people, look, I get it. I get it. You know, you have a family to support. You have kids to support. Uh, we're not in a revolutionary era like we were back then. And the reason right. I say that, is when the Revolutionary War started, only 10% of, uh, 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 of colonists uh, supported it. At its height, at its peak, America, only 45% of colonists supported the Revolutionary War. Revolutions are always a minority-produced uh our yep, results driven. It's uh, always yep. the lesser people. So, so it's human nature to fall in line, and that's what I think. This whole COVID thing. I, uh, I, I'm a logical guy, and we'll get off the subject. This is not a political show, but I'm just a logical guy, Eddie. I'm a numbers guy. I'm a data guy, yep. and I, I could not get over the hump of 99.9 percent .9 recovery rate. Yeah, uh, uh, with, with seniors, 99.7, and I, I was getting infuriated because I'm like. This this is a scheme. This is a con. There's of some an sort. agenda on this thing, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And then people, conspiracy, you're a conspiracist. And I'm like, no, I'm not. 99%, you know? And I yeah. just could not wrap my head around it. And since I work for myself, my wife does too, uh, we did not get vaccinated. And I never looked down on the vaccine. I never did. Good for you. Uh, Good for you, man. I, am, I, I push back now because I remind them, you wanted me dead. You wanted me in quarantine camps. You wanted everything in public taken away from me. You, There were organ donors who were, I mean, there were people who needed organs who were denied, Eddie, because they weren't vaccinated. Those are the people I loathe. I That's feel crazy. for that. Yeah, I feel for the everyday American who was forced to get it so they could put food on the table. You know, it's just, it's. Yep. I get angry at it. Maybe it's because of my upbringing watching two dictators in action, having yep. relatives where I'm told to shut up because they don't know who's listening and they don't need the little American visiting his, his family to say the yep. wrong thing. And then my cousin gets hauled away. So, so maybe that's why I'm a little sensitive to that, but, but good for you well, in the sense of, you know, it's interesting though too, get I mean, this is the last thing I'll bring up on this talk. Cause we have a big show. We want to talk about other things other than just this, but what's interesting is that, you know, you don't hear anything about the media, any coverage on people just dropping dead, you know, for no reason. And a lot of it, they're attributing it, at least some of the initial studies to these vaccines, man. There's there's issues going on in your body that this thing's creating. And the, the, there's people just dying of, you know, heart issues, you know, uh, especially the young. And, and, and the media is not covering it, which is unusual. I mean, that's like what that tells me that right there is an agenda. Right. So anyway. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said it like you did, because you said it's unusual and you stopped. 
You didn't finish It's Unusual because it, it's not unusual. In the 90s is when I slowly, because of Noriega and Panama, I was heavy into politics. I was heavy into the machine of yeah. the political machine. And he who controls the media controls the country. That's For what sure. it boils down to, universal. Did you know, the last point, and then we're moving on, that back in the Roman eras, all the way back to the 1700s, uh, uh, after we became a country, they had what you call town criers. In Rome, it was called something else. But be, remember, there was no telephone, no telegraph, no radio, you know, no television. So they would hire these people who would just be at the corners screaming, uh, Thomas Jefferson, you know, everything that they, they would. They, some of the right, I've researched this. Some of the things they said, you're like, oh, dear God. So because when people are like, politics has never been this bad. I'm like, then you don't know history. It's always been right. this bad. Maligning your opponent. Yeah. So so this is nothing new. I just get angry because this is the greatest country in the world, Eddie. It's exceptional. And if America falls, the world will eventually fall. Because we are the only we are bad people at, at times, our government. But overall, we are the only good white hat cowboys that can actually beat up a bad cowboy. You know, there's no other. Uh, 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 I'm serious. France yeah. asked us when we were fighting, when, when we invaded Libya, hey, man, we ran out of bombs. Can you give us a hand? You know, the Brits, the last time they won a war, who knows? You know, I mean, they they beat up all the sheep on that down in Argentina when Margaret Thatcher did, you know, hell. We did the same thing. We beat up Grenada, you know? <laughs> anyway, let's get going, brother. We got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to talk about the return of one of the players on Eddie's favorite team, Draymond Green. And, you know, it's funny. I don't dislike Draymond Green. I'm like, boy, he needs some help, you know? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit yeah. about that. We're going to talk about the, the the something that Eddie's brought up a few times that isn't making big news. It's not big news, but it's an important part of basketball in the revenue generating machine. And it's the player participation policy. It's a new rule. And he's going to remind us what it is. And a team was finally fined for it. And fine, Eddie, wouldn't you say for the oddest reason, because they weren't even superstar players. (laughs) And from there, we're going to talk to, we're going to talk to NBA trade deadline. It's approaching, approaching on February 8th. Uh, I send Eddie a list of, uh, 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 of a bunch of players. He's going to let us know who he thinks will be uh, taken out of that group. And, and we're going to talk about this every week, Eddie. Uh, I, I assume that was an understanding when, when you brought it up uh, until it happens, because uh, I'm pretty sure between now and next week, there could be a few trades. Then the following week. So For sure. It's always, there is one that's, they have one, there's one tonight that, that's on the books right now. It's about to happen. There you so go. There you go. And we're going to close the show out with the National Football League and Wild Card Weekend. Boy, I think there were only two teams, Eddie, that 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 weren't considered upsets this week. You know, everybody else were. And 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 this is what happens every year. People forget. We get blowouts in the first weekend since they had the extra team in there now. Uh, and this, remember how I talk about greatness and, and we've had words good and bad about it, you know, where you disagree or, or don't agree. But this is what I mean by greatness. The great, the, when you make a mistake in the regular season, I'm like, yeah, okay. You can survive playing against the Atlanta Falcons with that mistake. You can't in the playoffs. And that's For why sure. we saw certain teams get rolled. And that's what I mean by greatness. It's kind of like the LeBron uh, um, curry, you know, it's it's just a fine line, and people struggle to differentiate it. I I, I, I asked uh, my my father, I asked my cousin, do you know who Steph Curry is? She's Panamanian. 
no. I go, do you know who LeBron is? Oh, yeah, I know who LeBron is. You know Michael Jordan? Yeah, I know Michael Jordan. And so I'm like, I'm going to go to the, 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 the Eddie about that. But it's not that Steph Curry isn't a superstar. It's small sample size the game. No, and you're right. You're right. You're right. It, it, it's not even a sample size. I mean, that, would, that wouldn't fly. That's anecdotal. Uh, right. uh, uh, uh. But one of my goals with Grumley's Media is to have a man on the street. I, I, I've i loved that since Carson. I, I, if I remember, I think Carson. No, I know Jay Leno did it. You know, they go out on the street. They just ask the questions. Oh, dude. It's fun. Yeah. Watching, like that. yeah. Like that guy, uh, Guillermo, Guillermo with Jimmy Fallon. The guy's freaking hilarious. You ever watch that guy? He just interviews a bunch of guys. That, you're talking about someone like that, right? <laughs> the, I, I, I haven't watched late night in years, but yeah, well, yeah, man, they, you and then you get shocked. You get shocked at some of the answers, like, dude, man, this is America. Where'd you go to school at? In a dungeon? You know, <laughs> the worst ones right. are when they show a picture of the vice president. Nobody ever gets it, yeah. <laughs> but I bet you if they show three butts and one of them was Kim Kardashian's, that's Kim's right there, buddy. <laughs> they know that. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. All righty, our first topic on tap is. Draymond Green returns from a 12-game suspension. Eddie, before we get into the timeline, I'd like for you to talk about the timeline. But your first take, it was approximately a month suspension. That's about 14% of the league games, meaning he was, he's was he been suspended for 14% of the season in terms of, of the games played. Do you think that suspension was long enough? Uh, you know what? I mean, I think that the NBA didn't want to put a timeline on it because they wanted to show at least the perception or the impression that they care about the individual and they didn't want to make it look like it was a penalty. So I think, you know, it's, it's pretty apparent that Draymond Green has some, some, some angry issues. Um, it's pretty evident. Um, and it's been a timeline, uh, quite some time of, of, of a lot of his infractions, and it's starting, you know, a lot of NBA, a lot of Warrior fans, you know, since as, as beloved as as beloved as as Draymond Green is, there's a lot of, you know what, we could have had another championship if it wasn't for him, you know. Um, you know, and, and, oh, and yeah. he's, he's definitely he's definitely been a detriment to the team, but he's also been like, you know, a godsend to the team. I mean, the guy is essentially who's he's the heartbeat of the team. So he he essentially makes the team work. Steph Curry's one of these quiet leaders, he leads by example really isn't vocal. You know, Draymond Green brings a sense of toughness to the team. You know, he he brings a leadership. You know, he's a strong personality. He's the toughness of the team. And without him, they have a hard time, you know, playing as a team, as, as what we know as the Golden State Warriors. So he's as vital as he is. He's also a detriment because of, of his conduct, right? And that's what, you know, the NBA, you know, started seeing this. And I'm glad they did it the way they did it because it makes it look like, it's not a, 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 a penalty. It's more of we're, we're here for to, to try and help the individual. So, you know, is 12 games enough? I, you know, it depends. It depends on what they're trying to get out of it right now, right? I think, in the, in, you know, you're not going to get, you know, somebody changing their behavior completely, you know, in therapy in 12 sessions or whatever, how many, how many times they, they, they did this, these sessions over the course of that, of that month or month period that they had, a little bit more than a month. So, you know, but they're going to get tools. You know, uh, people who are in therapy will tell you that, you know, you get tools to, to help 
you know, go through your, your, your journey to overcome whatever it is that you're coming, overcoming. And it starts, you know, from day one and it's never, you're never going to get there until the, probably the end of the year, you know, until, to the end of your life, realistically, but you're going to get better in time. Right. That's what these guys, you know, I think that's what happened is that they gave them some tools and, you know, I, I saw it in action too, actually. Uh, there was uh, opportunities yesterday in, the, in yesterday's game against Memphis Grizzlies where, you know, he could have easily gotten, pissed off, which he has done in the past, and he actually swallowed it. And I saw it multiple times. So, so obviously something worked. We shall see if it continues, right? But that's what, what, what's what we're hoping is that it, it that he's actually gotten something out of this so that he can apply it moving forward so he doesn't get in trouble with refs um, and, and, and doesn't get in trouble with doing any of these antics that he's done in the recent history with Rudy Gobert and then Yusuf Nurkic of the, of the, of the Suns, right? So that's what we're hoping that doesn't happen. You know, it's uh, my take is simple on this. Uh, well, real quick for the audience out there, what what Eddie's referring to, and I didn't realize it until I did my research because after the Shaq traveling uh, cross country against the Portland Trailblazers for two straight years in the uh, 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 game sevens, I gave up on basketball. <laughs> so when I was researching this, I did not realize that 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 what Eddie was referring to cost him a championship. He's talking about the Cleveland series. And that was his first yes. uh, 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 big issue where he got suspended for the next game and they needed him to another point. Eddie brings up indirectly is Steph Curry's the team. Can they replace yes. Steph Curry? No. No, no, no. About, could they replace Steph Curry? No, no, you can't replace. I mean, eventually another generational player will come around, but the odds are, you know, yeah, but can you replace a Draymond Green? Yes, but to Eddie's point, yes. he was a glue of that team. We as fans, not me and you, but this is what irks me about the average fan. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, oh, you don't need Draymond Green. No, Draymond Green plays a very important role. It's like Dennis Rodman did in in in, in Chicago, or Bill Lambeer did in in Detroit, uh, 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 right. uh, or, or or Kevin McHale did for Larry Bird. There's the one. Well, that's a bad example, but you know the players who don't get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, 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 as far as uh, Draymond Green, uh, uh, you know, the tools are only good if the individual truly wants to be helped. And when you are forced to get help, like you're going to get, you have to go do this or you're going to be this suspended for this or that, meaning it's not the person who's decided I need help. I don't see the tools helping them long run, long term, because they were forced to do this. Uh, uh, but I'm not saying I'm right. That's just my thought. It's, it's as I told Eddie off screen, I said, I don't care what he does this week, next week, or even the first month. I want to see how he's reacting four months because right. early on you're going to be on best behavior you know so so and my final take on this is i have no love for or or, or hate for my fellow man but i do want to see everybody be a good citizen live a great content life live the exceptional american dream and my concern for dream on green is uh, uh who's the other violent guy from the 90s i forget choke to choke pete uh, Rashid, Rashid. Oh, you're talking about Latrell Sprewell. Another. Uh, Latrell Sprewell. Sprewell. That was Golden State. That yeah, was, no, no, that was Sacramento, Golden State. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's he's flat broke State. now. Flat broke. Never learned. Always did. It. He didn't realize they're trying to help me. But I'd rather be a thug. That's what it boiled down to. So my whole hope for Draymond Green is he gets the help he needs. Because if not, it's. I know this for a fact. I've talked to. Uh, at least a dozen agents, not a lot, but in my business, I didn't care. Somebody else handled the agent talk, but I became friends with an agent and he told me, he goes, look, these players, 
they don't understand. You know, this most players don't realize when they're that young. The money will stop. You're not. It's not infinite. But they act Absolutely. as if it is. Uh, uh, so that's my concern for him. You know, his yep. his brutish behavior goes to a bar. Next thing you know, it's jail time and a ten million dollar payout, fifteen million here. So yeah, and the so thing is, Guillermo. I mean, yeah, but here's here's the bottom line. Here is is that you know it got to a point, and I think this is the other message that the NBA sent to him as well as the Golden State Warriors is like, look, this guy is getting very close to getting thrown out of this league, right? I oh, mean, yeah. this was a drastic. This has never happened before. You've never seen a league put an indefinite suspension over something like this, which is not this. Again, they didn't try to make it a penalizing event. They try to make it like, hey, we're trying to help this kid. He needs, he needs all the help he can get. We're going to make it indefinite because there's no timetable for him to get the need that help that he needs, right? But the thing is, this guy is very, very close to, to getting kicked out of the NBA. So he's going to be on his, he's going to mind his P's and Q's now, in my opinion, in the short term. You know, and we'll see, like you said, in the next four months where he's at, right? But the other thing that's also on the line is that he has a job after the NBA, and he's already got a, a contract with TNT. You know, he's going to essentially be the replacement to one of those guys, you know, whether it be Shaq, you know, Charles Barkley or Kenny the Jet, or maybe just an addition to that team. He's He's got a contract with them, and he will lose out on that if he doesn't shape up. So I think... You know, I think he's going to, like I said, the signs are there that he looks like he changed, at least for one game, we shall see for the remainder of the season. I think there's going to be teams that are going to try and test that, and they're going to egg him on. And we shall see if, if it right. really, what he learned, right. and he can right. apply. Right, right. right. I, my only pushback on that is Warren Sapp and Char- Darren Woodson, or Charles Woodson, I can't remember, for the NFL. Charles Woodson. They had their, they had their, yeah, Charles Woodson. They had their dream jobs. One's in jail. The other one got fired for uh, paying out to a whore uh, uh, on Super Bowl week, you know. Uh, so, 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 even though they have these things there, if they don't learn their lesson, they're going to screw those up too. So, well, for the best. But talk to us a bit about the timeline in terms of what led. And we don't have to get into it in depth, but I think it's important for the audience to know this isn't just one, two, or three. There's a multiple uh, issue problem here with him. And just to remind the audience. Yeah, you know, it started back, you know, the, the year that the, the the Warriors had their 73-win season. I mean, who ever thought that that Chicago Bulls 72-win season would ever be supplanted? And it was by the Golden State yeah. Warriors of the 2016. And so what happened is that uh, Draymond Green uh, got into an altercation, minor altercation with LeBron James. LeBron James, I think, kind of stepped over him, you know, while he, you know, uh, 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 Draymond Green fell on the ground and stepped over him and, that's usually like a bad, you know, kind of disrespectful move. And Draymond Green, you know, essentially got up and, you know, took a swipe at his at his uh, privates. And then from there, he got suspended. And that essentially costed, you know, the, the Warriors uh, game game five and then also game six because he got suspended for game six. And then, of course, Andrew Boca, if you forgot, Andrew Boca also got hurt, which is part of the reason why they lost, not because of Draymond Green. But anyway, so that was the first one. And then the second time is, you know, a highly – uh, publicized with uh, Kevin Durant. You know, there was an a, an event where, you know, in 2019, uh, 2018, 2019 season, you know, there there was uh, uh, Draymond Green was, you know, uh, trying to bring the ball up and Kevin Durant was, you know, clapping for the ball, you know, clapping, give me yeah. the ball. And Draymond Green went and took the ball up and, 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 and proceeded <laughs> to do a turnover. And then you see on the bench that, you know, uh, there was an altercation there. And that was the beginning of the end of the whole uh, Kevin Durant, you know, 
uh, tenure with the with the Golden State Warriors. And again, you can pretty much say, you know, Draymond Green cost that one because that could have been a multiple, you know, maybe three P, four P with that, you know, Kevin right. Durant on the team. But it ran its course. That whole relationship with Kevin Durant and and Draymond Green soured at that time. I mean, they're good friends now, but at the time, it just soured. And then. You know, they, they had a, a he's he's got a long history of suspensions, you know, with respect to technicals. You know, he's always barking at the uh, at the refs. So that's part of the reason why you see. And then the most recent ones that you uh, the most recent alter or infractions were this year. And this is what led to the suspension, the indefinite suspension. You had, you know, Rudy Gobert, who, you know, there was an altercation between uh, Jaden McDaniels and, and, and Clay Thompson. And then Rudy Gobert went after Clay Thompson. And that's when Draymond Green went after Rudy Gobert, got him in a headlock. It was pretty excessive. I mean, it was. It was. It was a headlock, and uh, you can see Draymond, uh, uh, Rudy Gobert flailing. You know, as if he was, you know, couldn't breathe. And you know, it's it's a bad look for the NBA. They they did that was rightfully, you know, uh, uh, you know, there, there's a right rightful suspension on that play. So that was probably a little bit more violent, honestly, than the last one. But then, you know, not that much further. A few more games later, you see a, another altercation between you know Draymond Green and Yusuf Nurkic, who is the center for the Phoenix Suns. And then you see uh, Draymond Green reacting violently and swaying his his, hand, his, his arms and, you know, and essentially hit uh, 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 Nurkic right in the nose. And that's where that's what brought us to where we're at today. And now yeah, he's back yeah. from that 12 game suspension. And now he's back and his, la- his first game was last night. And uh, he already started asserting himself, at least with the team, essentially called out the team on a press conference saying that the te- our team, you know, the Golden State Warriors, we're soft. We can't defend. You know, he's trying to send a message to the team that, hey, look, you got to be accountable. You got to, you know, and this is what he, that's his role. That's what he is. And he's trying to instill that again. He's trying to take over the leadership role, which who he is. And then, you know, and Steph Curry, you know, that's that Steph Curry knows that that's his role. And and, and the coaching staff knows that's his role. And it's just going to see we're going to find out whether or not he still has that voice with the team. Right. I, I agree. I agree. It's funny because, you know, uh, when I was reading uh, uh, that on, on 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 LeBron James, I'm like, oh, he wanted to see if LeBron was king or queen. <laughs> nice. <the> junk. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Now, for the record, for the record, you know he has been hit for 163 technical fouls, and he's paid uh, about 1.2 and a half million dollars, a little bit over that, in his NBA career. But I think he—I he, mean, he don't worry about it, Draymond Green fans. He's—he's he's got a hundred million dollar contract, which he has to stay on this path because every contract has right. a morals clause. And look, that's a foreign owner. He's from China. Uh, 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 this new owner. Uh, those guys, they don't play business. I mean, it's it's, it's business and uh, uh, or get the bleep out of here. It's like look at the Brooklyn Nets owner, man. He sold off uh, all his players there. Said screw this, you know, and we're gonna rebuild. When he had the the dream team there. Uh, 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 so be careful, Draymond. You're gonna force that guy into a corner too. Uh, now, uh, uh, his solution was he was supposed to be received counseling and work with the Warriors and the NBA while suspended and meet certain criteria. So the assumption is he has met that criteria. Long term, do you think uh, – and this is pure speculation, people. There's no proof either or. But, Eddie, does your gut tell you he will learn from this or he's eventually going to get suspended again? Or you don't know. I mean, what's your thoughts? Well, the track record shows that he's going to get suspended again, right? But Draymond Green's a really smart guy. Don't let, you know, the the the, the kind of, um, I don't want to say the ghetto or the strong personality, the way he is, right? You know, kind of the street life, kind of the way he is. And he grew up in a rough part of Michigan, you know, so 
Don't let that fool you. These guys are really smart. He's really smart. He's really, really smart. Yeah. Yeah, but he's really, really smart. He's got a a high uh, basketball IQ. He can talk. He's got a, he's got the gift of gab. He's, you know, he wouldn't have had that TNT analyst, you know, deal, you know, if he had, he doesn't have the, the chops to do it. And, and he's just a smart guy. So, but the thing is, it's emotionally. Emotionally, is he intelligent enough to figure this out? And that's what we're going to find out. He's got the smarts as a person. It's the emotional intelligence, which a lot of people say is actually a higher uh, 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 reference to being, uh, you know, intelligent is the emotional EQ is is is, is usually the, the the real sign of intelligence. But we, we shall find out if if he's able to do that. I think I honestly think because he is smart and because. You know, I think this he he recognizes that what what kind of an impact this will have on the team because he's already somewhat lost them a little bit. He's trying to get it back, and then he he has this other deal with TNT. I, I don't know. I just I think he'll smarten up and 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 and, and, and get better. Will he get suspended again? Probably, but it, it, I don't think it'll be this year. Maybe sometime next year. <laughs> Everything Eddie said, people is the optimistic look. I could say everything with a more negative look, so I'm not going to get into it. All I will say is if he uses the tools, Eddie mentioned tools to work with, yeah, he won't get suspended. Because if you're practicing these tools daily or multiple times a week, it helps you focus on your anger issues. I had, dude, when I was young boy, I was an emotional fire plug, you know, Uh, uh, especially in the Navy. That's why I stopped drinking. (laughs) I'm that that guy who is, I'm human. You know, a couple of drinks in. It doesn't surprise me that you're like that at all. You know, <laughs> and him the complete opposite of you, man. Complete opposite. It takes a lot to piss me off, but when it happens, watch out, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. And with yeah. that, let us move on to our next time. Well, first of all, we do wish Dream on Green the best. We do. Just sure. it doesn't matter whether we like him or not. It's bad karma to wish ill on somebody. It's like, you know, you could be in that position. So so much success in using these tools of Draymond Green, and let's move on. All right. So Eddie has talked about the new NBA rule uh, regarding load management. Uh, uh, I actually found out, Eddie, it's called, and Eddie knew this. Player participation. There you go, brother. And, and, and you talked about it a couple of times. The, 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 I don't have a nice analogy to go with it. So tell us what happened. <laughs> Well, so the NBA wanted to crack down on, you know, the load management um, that's been kind of going on for the last five years, maybe even longer. And what's happened is that that kind of started tarnishing the brand of the NBA because a lot of these fans pay a lot of money to go see games. And a lot of the times, whether it be for the visiting team that they're coming to see the opposing players or whether they're home team, a lot of times when there's a favorable favorable matchup between, you know, the home team, the away team or vice versa, some of these, the coaches would go ahead and have, you know, some of these players take a seat and take a rest. And what happened is that this has kept happening over and over and over again. And there's a lot of backlash from, you know, fans that the NBA wasn't cracking down on this. So, you know, they, they had attempted to kind of crack down on this in, in previous years. But this year, I think this is the one I think they kind of figured it out. And what it is, is that, you know, an NBA team, you know, has the way it was initially written, at least the way I understood it initially, was that they were trying to crack down on more on the NBA, you know, uh, all stars and all NBA players. You know, that's who that's who these fans want to come and see. 
And right. I thought that when I saw the rule initially, that that's who were they initially targeting. And they still are targeting that because, you know, for these televised games, they definitely are trying to get the best of the best to play at those games, right? So so they definitely have cracked down. But, but I think the player participation tells you that they're also trying to crack down on teams, not necessarily resting their star players, but any players. And this is what happened right. with the Brooklyn Nets is because the Brooklyn Nets sat four players in one, one game and they were all medically cleared to play. And they just rested all four of these players. And these these guys are all rotational pieces. You know, like a Spencer Dinwiddie type. You right, know, you right. have uh, uh, Cam Thomas. You have uh, 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 Nick Claxton. You know, th- these guys are not like superstar players in the NBA, but they are like the one of the, they're, they're four of the better pieces on the Brooklyn Nets. So they cracked down on them and they find them 100,000 bucks. You know, and, and the first infraction for this, you know, player participation policy is 100,000 bucks. The second infraction, so if the Brooklyn Nets were to do this again, it would be 250000 bucks for that infraction. And then if they did it again the third time, you know, it would essentially be a $1.25 million fine on top of that. So so it gets – and then the next one after that is a million dollars on top of the previous fine. So it continues to escalate. So, you know, I I, I understand why the NBA did that. They have to protect their brand. And, and, and there's a lot of backlash. They don't want people starting not – paying for tickets anymore because that's essentially the revenue generation for the league of course tv ratings as well or tv contracts is also how they make their money but you know if, if fans are starting to backlash they're not watching tv it's going to affect the brand so this is why they did it and uh you know i yeah. think they're, they're 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 trying to do the right thing and, and, and protect the brand so i agree i agree i mean it's it's well first of all for the audience in the 1990s the nba would rest their players on average their stars for like 10.6 games within a season and in the 2000s it was it's was 23.9 so that was a big massive jump and the other reason eddie talks about it being the play the 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 fans and all that eddie's right i mean that's a part of it uh the nets actually showed the nba had a had a had a sell uh uh, uh, merchandise at games how to maximize their potential so games and and the nba followed the the nets were like the the worst team in the league in the 80s or 90s and 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 uh it became the number two merchandise and ticket game sales in the league, despite the fact they were look that they were losing. If you're a sales rep, you gotta pick up the book, how to sell ice to the or I can sell ice to the Eskimos or how to sell ice to the Eskimos. It was written by the vice president of the new of the uh, of the of the of the net New Jersey Nets at the time. Uh 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 and he was the one who implemented all this. Great book to read. Okay, so they were fined uh hundred thousand. I also think the penalty should start at a million. You know, I mean, we're talking ungodly money these leagues make. So this one hundred thousand that that does nothing for me. Uh, do you? Why did they target rotation? Oh, and my final point is what Eddie was saying is about the fans is true, but the bottom line is they care more about their TV ratings. That's where the billion dollar contracts come. And Eddie's sure. absolutely right. If their star player is not playing that game, and that's why they like the team. That player is going to go to Dr. Phil, you know, or Oprah or somewhere else to watch some TV, you know, and that right. was to me, I had no proof, but to me, that would be their biggest fear because that's why they have the in-season tournament. They're trying to stabilize and if possible, raise these ratings because they know that contracts in the future are cloudy. This is their last few years of these leagues making killer contracts because as you can see, cable's changing. Uh, uh, so do you think, this will deter the Nets or any other team, only 100000 Or do you think they're just going to say, screw this, I'm going to bite the bullet and rest King James here for the next few games? 
No, let's put it this way. I mean, teams can still rest their players. They can. So um, as long as they don't do more than one, right? So LeBron James can go ahead and take a rest, even if it's a nationally televised game, although the league would not want him to do that. But, you know, if he needs a rest because, he, you know, he's an old guy. He's 39 years old, man, right? If he needs a rest, the team can go ahead and, and do that, right? They just don't want to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis resting on the same exact day, right? Okay, Unless so- Davis is injured. Right then, that's well, the give, that's the deal. Well, give me one example. So my take is, if LeBron James is rested uh, uh, on Christmas Day and they're playing the Boston Celtics, you know, or, or you know, some rival, you know, or, or they're playing right. Golden State, you know, some rival, uh, and he right. rests, he wouldn't get suspended. What would give me an no. example? Of, okay, give me an example of they're playing on Christmas Day and they rest them, and they would be found guilty. What would what what would be triggering that? Meaning he had been rested the day before too, or so. It's I'm confused as to what actually triggers it. It's it's the amount of star players that are resting at the exact same game. That's what triggers it. So in this case, for LeBron James, let's just say that he was getting a rest night day, and they gave him the rest night, and he's not injured, right? But if Anthony Davis is injured, and he sits because he's injured. They don't get fined. But if he's right. being rested because he is not injured, they have two guys that are rested that are not injured, they get fined. That's how so, it works. Is that so they can, can they be fined if it's just one person? It sounds like if it's just one person. No. Uh, uh, uh. No. Okay, gotcha. No. All right. No. No. All right. All right, brother. I believe you. Uh, it's not my domain. It just seems a little odd because if it's Christmas Day and they're not playing – I'm the commissioner and LeBron's not playing. I'm calling the Lakers up before tip off. What the hell is your problem here? Yeah. Unless he's injured. Uh, uh, if he's injured, right. if he's injured, oh, yeah, then yeah, yes, yeah, he can't yeah, play. Yeah. But if he's yeah. not injured, they can do that. But LeBron James is a smart guy, man. He's not, if he can play, he's going to play. Man. Oh, you no. Know, and that, that's just an example, an example yeah. of a name people yeah. would recognize. That's all. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right, yeah. sir. Let us move on. The NBA trade deadline is approaching. February 8th is the deadline. So I asked Eddie about potential players that that we may be looking at, and I send them a, a bunch of players. And I just Eddie, give uh, 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 the floor is yours. How do you want to talk about this? You want to uh, 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 hit us up? Who do you think? Well, first of all, who are the top names you think could be talked about, and then who are the top names you see actually getting moved? So here, here's the deal: is that the way you know these NBA tread deadlines, how they operate, is that Usually there are like a handful of teams, you know, in both the East and the West that have disappointed. And, you know, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, we're almost at the halfway point of the season. Usually the all-star break is pretty close to the halfway part of the season, although it's mostly more than halfway the part of the season. But, you know, you look at teams that at least before the season began were targeted to be pretty good, pretty good teams. And then for whatever reason, they're just not working out. They're just, you know, they're not blending as, 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 as they had hoped. Right. So, you know, teams that come to mind that, that fit this criteria that are disappointments to this point and have players that are good on that team that essentially could be offloaded, you know, or traded to another team, to a contending team in the case of these teams, maybe wanting to rebuild or retold for the future. Right. So in the East, the four teams that come to mind that I think fit this criteria you know, first, I think, is Toronto Raptors. And they've already made a, a, a move already with OG and Anobi going to New York Knicks, you know, in right. exchange for, you know, uh, 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 um, 
uh, uh, Precious Achua, and then also, um, uh, uh, I forgot his last name. Anyway, it's a, 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 a one of the uh, six men of the year type guys. Anyway, I'm trying to remember his name, but I just it's, it's just escaping me right now. But anyway, so Pascal Siakam, Siakam is actually, actually going to, you know, it was just announced today that there is a deal on the table um, potentially between the Indiana Pacers and the Toronto Raptors, you know, for, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of draft capital involved in this trade from what I hear that the Indiana Pacers are giving up to get Pascal Siakam. And Indiana is a team that is actually competing, you know, you know, in the, uh, for playoff positioning in the East. So uh, th- th- that, that team comes to mind is Toronto. The second team is, um, well, Emmanuel quickly was the guy I was trying to remember that, that uh, New York had given to Toronto. So oh, okay, anyway, gotcha, it was gotcha. Emmanuel quickly and, and, and precious to as you know, my memories, you know, as you get older, it just, you know, anyway, yeah, senior moments. Anyway, uh, the second <laughs> team that comes in line in the East is Chicago, the Chicago uh, um, uh, Bulls. The Chicago oh. Bulls, you know, have like three really good players on that team that they had initially when they put them all together. You know, and, and the three players I'm talking about are Zach Levine, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and then Nikola Vucevic. These three players, when they, and of course, Lonzo Ball as well, but he's been hurt. He has a, an issue with his knee. Right. But they have these four players that all came together and they thought, wow, this team could be, you know, competing because they have really good players that are all complimentary and they all kind of help each other out. But for whatever reason, this team hasn't really gelled. So these four guys or three guys, I think, are also uh, guys that could be moved uh, to a contender. And they these, these players are all coveted by a lot of teams in the NBA. So Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and, and Nikola Vucevic are, 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 are big names that I think that would that could be moved in uh, at the deadline. Another team in the East uh, is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, the aforementioned Brooklyn Nets, who just got fined for this, uh, you know, player participation uh, load management rule. Um, they have a player, uh, Mikhail Bridges, who they got from the Phoenix Suns, who actually immersed to be like a really, really good player. But I think they're finding out that this guy isn't necessarily a, a, a one, you know, a, a top tier one, you know, guy, the, the number one guy on, 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 a, on a great team. He's more of a complimentary piece. He's probably more of like right. a, the second or third best player on a championship team, not necessarily the first. And he's being paid kind of like almost like a first at Brooklyn. But this guy is very, very highly coveted for multiple reasons because he's a very, very good defender. He's an all-NBA team defensive player. Uh, he actually has a pretty good offensive uh, game. So he's another guy that I think that is going to be uh, potentially traded. And then the, 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 the fourth team in the East that I think comes to mind that has good players that would probably get traded, you know, as, as Trey, Trey Young for uh, the Atlanta Hawks. And then you also have DeJounte oh, yeah. Murray, another a guard like in the, in the, in the East. And then Clint Capella is another one. That's a center for the Atlanta Hawks. You know, these guys are all kind of high, high uh, paid players. They're all very, very um, versatile. They're all, they're all difference makers. So all, all these guys are big names. I think that, you know, teams that are competing in the East or the West would try and go after um, on the West. So I picked four teams in the East. I'm going to pick four teams oh. in the West. Uh, uh, uh-huh, so, Eddie, one thing I did notice, and you kind of alluded to it. So, for example, it looks like the Hawks, it's money involved in it. Hey, we're not playing so well. Let's get rid of this big contract. And then I noticed right. that with a lot of these guys, it's like they would keep them, I think, if their contracts weren't so overbloated. It seems like that's a big reason uh, 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 some of these uh, 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 players can move because, you know, a team can absorb the hit. But they don't want the contract anyway. And, and if they can get draft picks, I think it's draft picks is what I noticed too uh, sure. uh, when you mentioned that. And the thing that disappoints me about that is what's the draft pick where – well, you can't get it if we're we're going to pick up here and it gets defaulted the next year. Uh, there's a term for that. 
protected, uh, learned, the protected, the protected, the protected, where, where, where they don't necessarily give up. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, so I found this all fascinating. But I want to give props out uh, because all these players you named, there's a, there's a writer called Sam Vecini over at the Athletic, mm-hmm. and uh, has a great article on this for for anybody who's looking. And uh, 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 Eddie's mimicking a lot of what he's saying. Just good writer, and it kind of validates what Eddie says too, uh, 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 in the sense of a. Uh, he knows this stuff inside out. So uh, I apologize. Just hey, wanted to get that plug in for Sam. No worries. Hey, Adam, I'll tell you this right now. I'll tell you this right now. I didn't even read any of that stuff, man. I just know this from just watching games and no, exactly. These are guys. These are guys that I just looked at, and I just did it independent on my own without looking at the list of players that you had there. Although I can look at the list of players now as we go through it, but I did these all on my own. Just I just I just know hoops, man. I know it. So. Um, do you want to keep going, or I can go to no, the West? Keep going, keep going. All keep right. Going. So in the West, no, 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 no. You, yeah, keep going. Go ahead. In the West, there are four. There are uh, four teams that I have identified that have players that I think could be moved. Um, so first, although this team is actually doing better than I think people anticipated, especially most recently, because they're starting. They're one of the hotter teams in the NBA right now, but they're still a play-in team right now in the West because the West is is so deep there's a lot of good teams yeah. in the west and, and not all of them are going to get in the playoffs so but this team the utah jazz has definitely been playing very well as of late and they actually were a surprise team last year at least early on in the season and then they, they kind of came back down to earth but uh they have a team uh lori lori mark who is actually a very very good player very very high coveted guy because he can shoot he's a big guy he's like six i think he's seven foot he came from the cleveland Cavaliers. At one time, the Cleveland Cavaliers had three seven-footers on their team in the starting lineup, and he was one of them. So he's now at the Utah Jazz, and he can shoot. He's a very good player. And then, uh, so he's one of the guys that I think could be moved, as well as Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson is one of these six-man type of players, you know, kind of a a, a streaky type of shooter, instant offense kind of guy. Uh, He's a guy that, you know, I think could be moved to a contender as well. Uh, the other team that I, that comes out, uh, other than the Utah Jazz, there's three other teams that I'll mention in the West, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. This is a surprising development because the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, when they did all these moves in the offseason, I'm like, oh, my God, this team is ready to, to compete because they're they're so right. deep. Yeah. They were deep. I mean, they are still very deep. For, for whatever reason, they're just not meshing very well, right? I don't know why. I don't know what it is. There's a, there, There's been a lot of speculation that there's locker room issues between the coach and a few of the players, namely Austin Reeves, who is just one of the, the players on the name here. Uh, there was a lot of talk about him and uh, Darvin Ham not necessarily seeing eye to eye, uh, having creating some issues, you know, in the locker room. So he's one, I think, that could be targeted to move. Another guy that's on that team that, you know, I think he's revitalized his career, honestly, uh, is D'Angelo Russell. Uh, you know, I think early on in his, in his career, when he was with the Lakers, he had a bad name for himself because he kind of tattled on one of his uh, uh, players, you know, about some kind of issue with the wife. I don't know exactly what happened, exactly the details, but it has something to do with that. And, you know, so he was kind of like looked at as a tattletale. Uh, and I think he revitalized his career when he went to the, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets is when he actually revitalized his career. And then, you know, he was with the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Warriors, and he came back to the to the, to the Lakers. But he's a high-priced guy. He actually has a, a skill set. I think they can get something for him, you know, if they move him. And the last two pieces uh, that I'll mention on the Lakers is Christian Wood as well as Torian Prince. These guys are more not – they're not star players. They're more rotational pieces, but they're valuable rotational pieces for teams that are wanting to compete for a, a title or, or a playoff positioning. 
Uh, the, the third team in the West that I'll bring up, I brought up Utah Lakers. The third team are my Golden State Warriors. It has been very, very evident that there's a lot of turmoil in that in that locker room. And unfortunately, right. I think that we're going to see this team get busted up. And I think it's been pretty clear that, you know, at least the beat writers here locally are all indicating that the, the Warriors are going to be very active at the trade deadline. And uh, everybody's on the table except for Steph Curry. Um, so there's a, that's that's a lot of speculation has breeded from that. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they move, you know, off. You know, Chris Paul is one guy, but he's injured. Right. He's got a very attractive contract. So I think that's why that I think he might be moved. Um, Draymond Green, you know, he has all these issues right now. I mean, you know, but, you know, if Steph Curry wants Draymond Green in the team, he's going to stay on the team. And Steph Curry and Draymond right. Green are very, very, very close. And, uh, you know, and, and, and like I said before, Draymond Green is a vital piece to that team. But, you know, management might have gotten tired of his antics and they might want, want to put him on the trading block. Uh, Clay Thompson is another name that has come up. Um, you know, he doesn't have a contract. He has an expiring contract. He's due for renewal this year. Um, and, uh, you know, he could be a rental for a team that's trying to compete. And, you know, the Lakers are, you know, the Lakers are, are, are a team that's linked to both the Draymond, to both Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, you know, potentially getting them. So there could be something in the works uh, there in the horizon, a three-team deal that could involve those guys. Um, and the last the piece that's the most the much maligned, unfortunately, and I'm, we don't know exactly what happened with this guy, but Andrew Wiggins. Andrew, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, yeah. for whatever reason, last year had some issues. We don't know exactly what happened, but some family issue had happened. There was a lot of speculation of what it could be. It could be it had to do with his kids, had to do with his dad. We don't know. His dad used to be an NBA player, uh, Mitchell Wiggins, yeah. for the Minnesota Timberwolves back in the day. So we don't know. We don't know what, what's going on, but there's something he's not necessarily hundred percent. Right. We know that, that Jordan Poole is a very good friend of his and Jordan Poole's along on the oh, team. We don't yeah. know if there's some kind of, uh, you know, fallout from that, you know, uh, maybe he's, he's one of these kind of kind of quiet cerebral types and maybe he just didn't fall in line with what management, you know, what management's decision to keep Draymond Green. They shipped out Jordan Poole. Maybe he just got pissed off. We don't know. There's a lot of speculation about what happened with Andrew Wiggins, but you know, two years ago, that guy was a beast. He's the second best player on that team in the championship game against the uh, uh, Boston, the, the championship series. He was the second best player, and he probably would have got MVP if it wasn't for Steph Curry. So, um, that's some right. That, I, yeah. yeah. I he, remember he's, he's, that he's now. Very well. The world yeah. knew who Wiggins was that series because he played so yeah, Absolutely. He, he was an he was an all-star that lead, that year too. Yeah. So um so it's yeah. he's fallen big time for we don't know exactly what's happened, but there's something mentally, and it could be just a change of scenery that's needed for the guy, but it's very, very evident that they're probably gonna move him. So if I were a Batman, I would say he's the one that's probably gonna get moved. He's got a uh, I think he's got a contract that's appealing as well, along with Chris Paul. And I think they can get something for those two guys. Not a difference maker, but someone that's probably gonna be a better complimentary piece than those two guys on the team currently. And the last thing I'll mention in the in the in the West are the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, this is a team that I picked early on in the, in the preseason rankings. I thought these guys were going to be like maybe the sixth or seventh seed. And right now, they're not even the. I mean, they're they're worse than the Warriors right now. And they, even though they beat the Warriors last night, you know, without a lot of their star players, they're just a team that's a mess. We don't know what's going on. So John Moran is somebody you know that that, that could be moved. You don't just you don't know. We don't know. I mean, they can get a lot for that guy, a lot of draft capital to rebuild that team for the future. And they have Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is a valuable piece that a lot of teams covet. And I think he could be moved too uh, to to get some you know trade capital or, or some some draft capital for the future. So those are the teams I'm targeting, and those are the players I say that I would say that are, are the most uh, you know. The, the possibility of them moving is, is high.
all, all of the guys. Right, that I just right, right. You know, if if if, if, if John Moran could go to 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 the Bulls, to the Celtics, to the Lakers, or to the Knicks, he feel right at home Difference with his maker. gun. Difference with maker. His gun. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he's out for the season though. He, he he's a, he has surgery, season-ending surgery, so he's out for the season. But he still could be traded. I mean, he's still got value for the future. So. We'll see. No, no, I get you. I get you. I just, I'm just like, what a moron with the gun ho incident, you know? And yeah. And you have this great career in front of you, and uh, uh, that's how you treat it. All right, Eddie, we will revisit this next week, analyze trades that have gone down, and uh, how that affects other trades. Because, you know, people always forget uh, uh, when one player's traded, that creates a domino effect sometimes and, and triggers other moves, whether a team goes or our A player's gone, and let's make the move for the B player. So it's always interesting. Uh, the final question before we move on, do you see, you talked about potential trades, but how serious do you think trades, I mean, like the NFL, You'll get a couple of NFL trade deadline, trade deadline, and then no moves ever get made. In the NBA, I mean, add all these players, you expect some of them to actually get moved, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, Pascal Siakam is already about to be moved, you know, for the Indiana Pacers. He's going to go to the Indiana Pacers. I mean, that's what's been talked about. We don't know exactly for what or for what players, but he's definitely going to be on the table. It's going to be a very active, you know, uh, uh, trade deadline for sure. I, I would all say right. my prediction would be I would say at least – uh, uh, ten deals are done at least, like like ten wow. noteworthy deals are done. Yeah, man, that's about it. Like five to eight years worth of NFL trade deadlines. You know, they don't make a lot of uh, <laughs> move. Of course, the salary cap is much more. T- I mean, the N- the NBA does not have a salary cap. They have a salary cap in name. They got an exemption for literally everything. You know, uh, and some right. of the exemptions are good. Some of them are just clearly to circumvent the salary cap. Uh, and I can't blame the NBA. They're trying. I mean, you got six to ten million viewers for the NBA final versus eighty million for the Super Bowl uh, uh, on a bad year. Okay, speaking of Super Bowl, Eddie, thank you for that update. We will visit that next week again. But let's move on to the National Football League and Wild Card Weekend. Eddie and I are going to talk about some of the games. First of all, the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers were on by. They will the, the 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 Ravens will be hosting the Texans at home, and Eddie uh, and Ravens are the number one seed. The Texans are the number four seed. Eddie, tell us who's your team? The Niners hosting. Uh, they're hosting the the Green, uh, the Green Bay Packers, who just lambasted the same team that Niners lambasted the, you know weeks ago oh in the Dallas God, Cowboys. That was kind of and, embarrassing. And, I mean, I think oh I think oh embarrassing. Yeah. yeah, you know I don't fault McCarthy on this one. Uh, and for the record, the Packers are the number seven seed, the last seed. No number seven seed has ever beaten a number two seed until this year. And you know what, Eddie? The final two weeks of the season, I reminded people, the Cowboys are not invincible at home. That record was unofficially broken by the Lions, and the refs gifted them the win. And the Packers proved me correct. Yeah, but we're going to talk about that game shortly. I want to first talk about the uh, the Houston man. Houston destroyed Cleveland. You know, uh, what were your thoughts, Eddie, about that game? Look, Houston rolled out 356 offensive yards. Stroud's playing like a veteran, not like a rookie. What were your thoughts of that game? I mean, I think that was the C.J. Stroud coming out party. I mean, geez, that guy played awesome. I mean, poised. I mean, who? I mean, this guy doesn't look like a rookie. 
I mean, I would have never thought coming out of Ohio State this guy would be this good, honestly. Because Ohio State doesn't really have a good reputation of having great quarterbacks that come into the NFL. So the fact that this guy is doing what he's doing in his first year, taking a team that had Deshaun Watson previously, you know, who's also a, a team, a, a player who's actually pretty good, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, the uh, the, the championship game, right, you know, in, in the college football. And he came on the Texans and, you know, took him pretty far initially. I think brought him in the playoffs at least one year. And then all hell broke loose with all the massage stuff. Um, and now he's no longer there. He's now, you know, he went up against, you know, his old team and Deshaun Watson playing for the Cleveland you know, uh, uh, Browns, and he, he wasn't even playing, right? He could have played against his old team. That would have been a nice story, but that didn't happen, right? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, uh, D'Amico Ryans has got this team, like, believing. I mean, that's the one thing that came out is that this team is playing hard. Uh, C.J. Stroud is playing awesome. You got Nico Collins. Who is that guy as a wide receiver? And all of a sudden, that guy's looking like a stud and a, and a star. So uh, then you have Devin Singletary, who's the running back, who's, who's doing very well. Um, so, I mean, unbelievable, this team and their defense, two touchdowns, they had two scoring touchdowns, you know, Joe yeah. Flacco, Joe skinny, I call him, you know, Flacco in Espanol, right. Is skinny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so he, he threw two, uh, pick sixes in that team and, you know, amazing. I, I, I'm impressed with this Texans team. They're doing way better than anybody anticipated. And you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, uh, D'Amico Ryans has done a very good job there. Uh, he's he's easily the coach of the year. Yeah, you're right. C.J. Stroud's playing like a veteran, not a rookie. My real take on Stroud will come next year after there's enough film and all that. It's kind of like Jalen Hurts had a monster season last year. Yeah. People were like, oh, man, he's a superstar. I go, he's on his way, but I'd like to see it. Not, I, I don't judge him based off of one year because the next season there's a lot of film on them and and, and teams yeah. can uh, anticipate. And, and I'm not saying Stroud's going to come back down to earth, but that's when I make my final judgment. But he's playing some hell of a good football. And the stats are deceiving. He was 16 of 21 for 274 yards and three TDs. Uh, he was efficient. And winning is not about superstar stats. It's about winning. And he did everything he needed to do. And you're right, the two pick sixes. It was just a great game for the Texans. And, and, and before we move on, I'll say this. I mentioned to you, Eddie, plenty of times during the season. Look, the the the, the uh, uh, Browns have an elite team that is inconsistent. They play up and down to their opponents. And I told you, I mean, I have said it specifically, but I know I wrote it in my article uh, uh, multiple times. This will come back to haunt him once they start playing better teams. And Miles Garrett, the long shot MVP candidate, he was he disappeared. I think he had like two quarterback pressures. That was it. There was one play where he was made the fool. Well, not his fault. You know, just CJ Stroud just does a great move, and there's Miles Garrett rolling over air. You know, hitting the ground. So, so uh, uh, they've got to become more consistent. The Browns, and uh, I'm wondering how they're going to deal with Joe Flacco. Or is there any intent to bring him back? And what does this say about Deshaun Watson? You get a 38 year old quarterback playing on pennies on the dollar, outplay statistically uh, uh, what Deshaun Watson has done in two years. This is why I don't care for guaranteed contracts in any sport. It's not that I'm against the players; it's about winning. And when you're stuck with the loser, it's going to kill you salary cap wise, you know, or bad contract. But let's move on. Did you said Texas. Yeah, Congratulations. Quick. I, I, I real quick, I was going to tell you the, the the Cleveland Browns are a team to watch out for in the future, though, for sure. I would oh, say yeah, next year yeah, they're going to yeah. they're going to be a team to watch out for because that defense is legit. They're going to have Nick Chubb back, hopefully. Um, you know, they'll figure out their quarterback position, you know, situation. You know, I, that team is 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 is, is, is it, they scare me. So I think that team's going to be very good. 
uh, next year. I, year after. I don't know about Nick Chubb. That was a devastating injury, and it wasn't his fault. It was. So let, let, let's pray that he comes back. Uh, uh, I hate players who are young, haven't hit that big contract, and I truly feel for the running backs. So I hope he does come back. You know, yeah. and you're right; they are a young team. Uh, 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 so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, now the Texans again; they face the number one seed, the Baltimore Ravens, away. Uh, it's a great time for them to shine on that game for the simple fact that Lamar Jackson has his own playoff demons to overcome. So let's hope for a good game. Uh, but I think it's going to be D'Amico. It's going to be a chess game, Eddie. Uh, 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 yep. D'Amico Ryan's defensive strategy. How will he shut down uh, Lamar Jackson? If I'm the Texans, I, I'm saying I want to see Lamar go mobile. Because if he's going mobile, he's not throwing. And with our way we pass rush, we seal the lanes, we limit his mobility, just like the Niners did to the uh, to the uh, Eagles. However, saying that and doing it are two different things. Uh, what's your take on the upcoming matchup against the Ravens from the Texas standpoint before we move on? I, I think the matchup to watch out, honestly, it's not the Texas D and how they contain, you know, the, the Lamar Jackson. I think it's the Baltimore Ravens D and how they can confuse and create issues for C.J. Stroud, which is what they did with Brock Purdy, you know, a few weeks ago, right? I mean, this the the, the defense of the, of the Ravens, I think the number one rated defense, if I, you know, you, you know the stats, but they're up there. Um, and, uh, you know, they can confuse a, a, a player like a C.J. Stroud who hasn't seen many schemes uh, on the defensive end. And maybe D'Amico Ryan can prep him for that because he's a defensive-oriented type of uh, coach. But that's, that's the match to see is, you know, can C.J. Stroud solve the the, the puzzle that are, is the Baltimore Ravens D? Um, you know, the right, way that they right, do, right. You know, we shall see. That's to me is the matchup to watch. Yeah, my assumption is he's going to struggle, uh, uh, but he may not. But that's my assumption. So to me, it's a game the Texans are going to be. We got to hang around, and then we got to let CJ work his deep ball magic. And uh, uh, but to hang around, they're going to have to figure out how to stop Lamar. And that, that that's my take on that one. All righty, uh, the the. And my and my title was that the, was Houston destroys Cleveland. You know the next one is uh, uh uh the Bills are too much for the Steelers. Look, I'm proud of the fact that I had the Bills as my number three team in my power rankings the last four or five weeks of the season, and they validated me. I think this was just a game where the Bills are just the better team. You know they beat the the Bills are 12 and six now. The Steelers uh, uh they beat the Steelers 31 to 17, and uh, the offense they played up to their standard stuff. But the rushing attack did very well, Eddie. Uh, the Bills offense had 368 total yards. They averaged about 374. So the offense played up to their level in extremely cold weather. Uh, the football's heavier, drier, slipperier hands. Uh, when you get hit, it's like being punched. But it was the rushing attack. Remember, Eddie, how I talked earlier in the season? Yep. How the Bills started winning because they committed to a rushing attack? And that they had 179 rushing yards. Their average is about 133. Uh, uh, the downside is that Josh Allen this week contributed uh, 74 rushing yards, and that's always a big risk for injury. But this is the playoffs. This is right. where you want him to sell out that way. So he's also an upside X factor. What are your thoughts about uh, uh, the Bills and the Steelers? Uh, you know, there's no surprise. The, the Bills were a better team. I mean, the, the Steelers made it a game for a little while. I mean, you got to give it to them. They, they have a lot of moxie, um, for, especially for not having, you know, their, 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 their quarterback, you know, at least the, the starter who's been out, you know, for a few weeks now. And, you know, this guy, uh, Mason Rudolph, has actually played pretty well. And, you know, they had a 
they had, you know, some issues with their, you know, offensive coordinator. They changed that. They got better, you know, so I got to give it to the Steelers. The, you know, they, they had no business being in that game that close, but they find a way to do it because they, Mike Tomlin just knows how to coach that team up. You know, you got to give it, got to give up a props to Mike Tomlin. He's, I don't think he's ever had a losing season. And that's amazing nope. uh, considering nope. that this easily could have been the season that he had it easily. He's lucky he found Mason Rudolph, and maybe he'll give him a little respect and not cut him and uh, get, ha, let him battle for the job. Because if if Tomlin's been a screw up in anything, it's his quarterback selections after Roethlisberger. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, now defensively the Bills did lose three players, uh, and that's a concern moving forward. Uh, they faced the Chiefs at home. The Chiefs are the number three seed. The Bills are the number two seed, and I'm pretty proud of the Bills having that number two seed because they were the only team not in the playoffs that were ranked in most people's power rankings in the top 10. And they clinched not only the playoff spot, but the number two seed. And this is the first game that the Chiefs will be playing away in the Patrick Mahomes era. Uh, uh, listen, wow. uh, what's, your take, what's your take on that? In, in, in that? Do you think the home field advantage is enough to take out the, the Chiefs? You know what? This game is going to be really close, in my opinion. I don't think, you know, I think Pat Mahomes is still a problem to deal with uh, for any defense, regardless if he has, you know, doesn't have a wide receiver to throw to. The, the, uh, Rasheed Rice has emerged as his go-to guy, at least from a wide receiver standpoint, other than, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who's also a good running, I mean, he's emerged as a very good running back. You know, in the past, you know, the Chiefs, they were a high-scoring team, you know, that, that, that teams had to play catch-up, right, right, you know, with them in order to compete. And now they're not that team anymore. So now they're a different team. They're a run-first type of uh, team that has a very, very good defense that's, carry, that's carried them, honestly, this year. And that defense is, is for real. So that's why I'm saying it's going to be a lot closer game than, uh, you know, than meets the eye. I think a lot of people, the betting, the betting folks will probably say Buffalo Bills, you know, because, you know, they're at home. They're, 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 they're higher seated. They've been playing very, very well lately, but man, you can't count out Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed anytime, you know, he has some time to figure out a game plan. And I think that this, this game is going to be tough. The conditions of course are going to come into play. We shall see. But in my opinion, it's going to be close, I but I think Buffalo. Had... And it's funny. They're two different teams now, meaning they're, yep. they're, they're, they're dependent on their they're defense. Run first the guy, guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. The, uh, uh, and regarding the Steelers, Eddie's right. They were valiant. They were down 14 0 and 21 7 at halftime, and yet they still managed to make it a game uh, and make it interesting at the end. All right. Detroit wins revenge game against the Rams. These Los Angeles Rams, that is. Uh, the record, they're 13 5. Uh, you know, they beat. I thought. Uh, once again, they were played a little disappointing to me. I don't think the game should have been as close, but the Rams made it close. And uh, uh, so my disappointment with the Lions is they don't seem to know how to finish games or put teams down. And again, they won this squeaker, but they can't afford to make some of the mistakes. They only scored three points in the second half, Eddie. So, so, so they've got to play more consistent football. they got to play 60 minutes of freaking football. You know, yeah. everybody, well, they're this, they're that, they're tough, they're this. They're... Yeah, you're right. But they never give you 60 minutes of football. And that's why I still think they're a year away. But it was the first playoff home game uh, that they won, or the first playoff home game in 32 years, and they won. Uh, lights out in the first half, shut down in the second. Jared Goff gets some revenge. I always, to me, it's like, yeah, you got a little bit of revenge, but Stafford has a ring. You don't. You know, so it really wasn't right. much revenge. But he was efficient. But more importantly, he played 
air free. No turnovers. Yes. The Lions tend to lose or are going to overtime have these ungodly close games because of the turnover battle. So, 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 so that that that's what I saw out of it. The Rams, look, the Rams almost put off the the upset, and I'm not going to blame this game on anybody because uh, it wasn't anybody's fault in terms of the Rams losing, but they lost because of bad coaching decision. Uh, 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 with uh, uh oh my gosh I'm drunk with Sean McVay he Sean failed Payton. to use his not Sean McVay he failed to use his three timeouts with a minute left and then the clock ran out on them uh, 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 and in the second half he chose the punt hoping to get the ball back and the Lions ran out the clock now I just said they lost because of Sean McVay they did but I don't blame him for the 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 the, the, the we're gonna punt and get the ball back I don't blame him for that decision there was enough time to make that happen it just didn't go his way the not using any three timeouts with a minute left. Uh, I, I saw that game, so I don't really blame him too much because they were pinned deep in their territory. He could have called the timeouts to get things rolling. He was just hoping to get the locker room talk, get him reju- rejuvenated, and come back out. So even though they lost because of Sean McVay's coaching decisions, I don't blame him at the same time. Uh, what's your take on this, Eddie, this game? You know, I, I thought it was, in my opinion, the game of the weekend. It was obviously, I think, the closest fought battle um, that I think it just, you know, there's a good storyline with Matthew Stafford coming back against his old team, you know, and, and uh, you know, Jared Goff, of course, going against his old team that he went to the Super Bowl with. I think the storyline was great, and I think it set up for a great team, a great, great game. And, you know, uh, the Detroit Lions, yeah, as 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 you know conservative as they were in the second half and of course you know as you just alluded to some of these uh you know these these calls done by uh sean mcveigh you know it just made for a good game and you know the better team won you know the detroit lions are a right. team to watch out for they're just learning okay. how to win and uh and you know dan can dan campbell's got these guys playing hard you got to give it to him man you know uh you know, the, you know, when his first press conference, he's talking about eating knees and eating elbows and all this stuff. Man, it you know, sounded like Mike Singletary back in the day when oh, he was yeah. the Niners. Oh, yeah. Oh, poor <laughs> but, man. Yeah, but so the thing bad. is, is that, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's a, uh, you know, the, the team loves this guy, you know, and they, they play hard for him. And, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're talented bunch. You got to give it to them. They have a, they have great uh, positional players, key positional players, great running backs. And, and two, uh, Jameer Gibbs is going to be a stud. David Montgomery's great. Uh, you have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's yeah, you know, yeah. emerged as one of the top wide receivers in the league. And, uh, you know, so you got to give it to him. They're, and then they have this Sam Laporta, who out of, you know, he's a rookie tight end come, coming out of Iowa, and he's a stud. So this team is re- definitely uh, uh, going to be an issue, and they have a great offensive line. I think just they just need to learn how to win, and they're going to be a problem right. for years. Right. They're all – their only downside, Eddie, is they got one of the league's worst secondary. So, the, you know, I think that's yeah. going to burn them eventually when they play one of these high-power teams. And uh, my, the final comment I'm going to make, and I'm going to separate Eddie from this, is my personal comment because I'm involved in polit- politics. Jamel Hill, who hates Go everything ahead. white, <laughs> said that Dan Campbell got this job because he was. <laughs> we are really? still waiting for comment from her regarding Dan Campbell taking the Lions, uh, 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 getting the Lions to their first playoff home game in 30 some odd years and winning. We have not heard from the Jamil Hill camp. Yeah, I'm just tired of the racism. You know, it's like Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, they just showed oh. a clip of him asking about him and, uh, 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 oh my God, I'm drawing a head scratcher. The only other black coach in the league. Why am I drawing a Blake here, Eddie? Who's oh, the other Tom? one? 
Yeah, yeah, Mike Tomlin. He had there asking, hey, do you guys talk this? He goes, yeah, we're friends and all. He goes, but our friends with a lot of white coaches too. We, we don't look at it that way. It's always yeah, yeah, yeah. the media trying to generate this. Because in sports, you don't care. It's like, dude, I mean, they, the Giants loved G- Jason Seahorn. They didn't care that he played quarterback with his wife. That camaraderie. Uh, right. you know, uh, overcomes right. it. That's why they, they love Dan Campbell because he's a former player and he uses yeah. that to help bond with the team, you know. And yeah. so, God, you know, so, so, well, is, what's it, your is, is, is it Mike McDaniel also biracial, by the way? Is he, he's he is biracial. Right? It was great, Eddie. I'll tell a quick story and then we'll move on to the next game. So, when he again, I follow politics, and since Colin Kaepernick has become very tribal, that's why I hate the quarterback discussions because if one's white, one's black, it boils down to half the audience talking about the skin color and why one screwed over or why one should have it, etc. But yes, so when Mike McDaniels got that now Mike McDaniels is biracial. He is mm-hmm. he looks he looks about as black as I look Latino. So of course <laughs> Deadspin, one of the most racist or one of the most bigoted websites out there. Uh uh, uh I mean remember that 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 kid who had the black makeup on one side that had the uh, non-makeup on the other. Jeez, you know how they do the two-tone colors when they go to the game mm-hmm. and they dress up as a, you know, he said that was racist. That kid's a racist. Blah, blah, blah. Turns out the kid is Native American and it wasn't racist, but that's Deadspin. You know, they, <laughs> you know, they do that. So they came out with, 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 with an article. Yeah, another damn white offensive wins kid coordinator gets a head coaching job. And somebody tweeted. Now they wrote an article. No, no, they wrote an article all on that. And somebody said, Aren't journalists supposed to do research before writing an article? You yeah. do know he's part black, you know, but he looks so like the dead spin writer assume. And I play yeah. that card all the time. People, I have Eddie, true story, and I'm sure well, it probably hasn't happened to you because you look Latino. I've been amongst Latinos, and you know how grandmas are, you know, they got grandkids. Oye, 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 mira ese muchachito allí, un guapito, uh, uh, para tu nieta, you know, so look at that kid over there, he's a good looking kid, you know, with a grandkid there, you know, or your cousin or something. I just, one time I'm listening and I just talked in Spanish, thank you very much, and you should have seen the, at these 60, 70 some odd year old women jump back 10 feet, you know, they're so, they're, they're more embarrassed than I heard every word they said, you know, so it happens. <laughs> But my whole issue was yep. you're supposed to be a journalist. You're supposed to research it. That validated sure. and proved what the state of journalism is today. Crap. All right. Let us move on over to the Kansas City Chiefs dominate the Miami Dolphins. Look, Eddie, the weather was a big factor for this. The Dolphins were the Dolphins were fins out of their water, their element. Water. Uh, yep. And what I've been talking about the last three weeks is the People ignore it when you win or when you're ranked high. Uh, and statistically, they had high rankings that were going lower and lower as the season progressed. Uh, uh, but people never look at the three or four game trends. They look at the season rankings. Uh, but the injuries were taking their toll. And I said, look, these, I go, two things are going to happen if they don't win home field advantage. One, they're going to have to go travel to a cold city. And two, these injuries are going to catch up to them because they're not going to be playing sub-500 teams. And that's exactly what happened. And 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 their secondary was a patchwork. Uh, you know, it, the Chiefs posted 409 total yards, 355 is their average. So even on that terrible weather, you know, Rasheed Rice broke out for 130 yards, one touchdown on 12 targets. And impressive, as you were talking about Isaiah Pacheco earlier, they generated 147 rushing yards, 107 is their average per game. And like you said, the defense took control. The Dolphins, the Dolphins averaged 261 offensive yards per game, only 188. 
one of their core strengths that people forget about is their rushing attack. Everybody's passing, passing, passing. But the Dolphins were averaging 132 yards per game, 76. What's your take on, on this game? To me, it was the weather. It was the Finns were just completely out of their element, out of their water. Uh, when you get – Eddie, I don't know. Have you ever played contact sport in the code? I have. Never yeah. officially just got yeah. right around the military. Yep. It, it, when you get hit, it hurts harder than if it's yeah. warm weather. Yeah, you know, sure. and it lingers and it's more stinging. And I got yeah. that with the code. I think that's and the Chiefs were a better team. They beat them 21 14 last time, but I think they were just they could not handle the code. And I think that's what this game broke down to. Your take. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think that you know the better team won. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're, they're the defending Super Bowl champs, and yeah, they're not the exact same team as they were last year. They are still formidable, especially in the playoffs and especially at home. You know, they're, they're just right. a different team now. They're more a run-first team. And then, you know, uh, uh, use Patrick Mahomes' legs when he needs it and his arm when he, you know, when he can see an opening and the guy doesn't drop the ball, they're a team to beat. So, I mean, they're still an issue for any team to to reckon with. And the Miami Dolphins, they're still, a, you know, a, a one to two years away, maybe another player or two away from being a serious contender. Right. Um, you know they have they have the capabilities they have the speed they're probably the fastest team in the NFL they just need to figure out you know another year under their uh, under their arms to uh, to figure out how to you know game plan accordingly with what they have you know they they've proven that they're a playoff team for years to come now they just need to add a few more pieces and shore probably their defense a little bit more their defense actually played a lot better than people you know thought they actually did pretty decent. Uh, I just think they kind of deviate away from the running game a little bit too much sometimes. I think they kept, they become very pass happy because of what they have, and you know Jalen Waddle as well as Tyree Kill. So uh, you know they're they're a team just like the Detroit Lions, learning how to win, and they're going to be formidable for years to come, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and they shut down Tyree Hill too. You know, uh, uh, you know it's. It, 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 uh, in fact, I have it here somewhere. Oh, the defensive line also had no explosiveness to them, the Dolphins. Uh, I noted that watching the game, and I believe that's a code. You know, and the NFL, again, once again, is a game of attrition. I talk about that every time we talk football, and, and they didn't have the depth. Uh, uh, the rushing attack disappeared, as I said, and Tyreek Hill was held in check. 5-62, one touchdown, eight targets. For Tyreek Hill, that, that, yeah. that's being held in check. And this was their third straight Absolutely. loss where the offense could not keep up uh, uh, with the opposing team's offense, and it was their fewest points all season. Uh, you know, I will say this about the Dolphins. I'm a Tua fan. I'm a fan of people who overcome a lot. And those head injuries, all the negative talk, the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the Ryan Clark, you're fat this earlier in the season, that this, they're that. So I am, I'm a Tua supporter. But that said, I'm also a realist. He's, he does not have the arm strength to go deep with accuracy. His receivers consistently have to slow up. So I believe to take the next step, they're going to have to upgrade that. Does that mean Tua doesn't belong in the NFL? No, he can play in this league. But that he's his arm strength is not tailored for that specific offense. So I agree. With I don't. You. I don't think they're going to ever go to the big dance until they upgrade that. And the final comment on the Chiefs. Notice how we talked about their passing yard. I mean, their rushing yards, their defense. The kind of like how we talked about the Bills, like you were saying earlier. They've kind of reversed their strengths, uh, and they had to because they were both struggling midseason. You know, the, the, the Bills struggled uh, uh, early middle season. Uh, the Bills, the Chiefs struggled uh, middle, late 
season there, you know, but they both have recovered. And with Pacheco uh, 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 playing now because he was hurt for a couple games, it's going to be a fun game to watch. And I think, Eddie, it's going to be a game dictated by a few big plays. And in those big plays, it's going to be one or two big uh, 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 turnovers or something, you know, uh, something odd that, that creates uh, a game-changing momentum. I'm looking forward to that game. All right. Maybe like, a, maybe like a ref call, right? Maybe the refs get yeah. involved again, right? Oh, oh. And to defend Dan Campbell, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> to defend Dan Campbell, poor guy. He's been playing not against just opposing teams, but the refs. You know, you're right. Yeah, bad ref call. Yeah, oh my gosh. All right, let's go. We got we got two more games to discuss. We're we're we're, we're uh, uh, way over, but I don't care. Let's discuss these two games because they were blowouts all season long. We're gonna first the uh, 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 the first one's gonna be the the, the 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 Dallas Cowboys are embarrassed by uh, uh, the Green Bay Packers, and uh, all season long we talked about. The, the Niners, Eagles, and, and Cowboys as being the elite of the elites. And the Cowboys uh, crumbled against the number two seed going down against the number seven seed. The Packers have the youngest roster in the NFL. Jordan's growth, Jordan's, Jordan Love's growth is not always shown statistically. I've been, I watch every game every week. I may not watch the whole game from beginning to end, but I watch enough. And I saw this guy's development. I remember all the errors he was making in the first Monday night game uh, against the Detroit Lions where he lost. And then I saw those errors eventually going away and the chemistry developing. So I am shocked at how quickly he's developed, but I am not shocked at his development. Uh, you know, he spread the ball around Eddie, the eight players. He methodically ran their version of the West Coast offense. It's about distribution, about hitting the players in stride. Uh, since week 12, he's led the league in passer rating, and he uses legs as they should. I love mobile quarterbacks, but they always get hurt, and they never live up to the potential because people don't understand the mobile quarterback of the NFL. Once a mobile quarterback starts to learn how to use his legs like Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes does to buy time and run when they have to, Jalen Hurts is also look, uh, learning how to do that. They become monsters. So to see Jordan Love, he's not a rushing quarterback anyway. People assume because he's black, he's a rushing quarterback. But he's able to use his feet properly and mobile. I'm loving this guy. And, and I've been digressing too much on him already. But the real key to this team is the rushing attack. The rushing attack has been on fire. They're averaging 114 yards for the season. They ran up 148 yards in the last four games because his stats were in single digits. His last four games, running back Aaron Jones has been averaging 21 touches, but 119 yards and no touchdowns. He had three touchdowns this last game and no touchdowns the other four. So it's kind of distorts the average, but it doesn't matter. They can score through the air. They need him to control the clock and short yardage. And that's why these drives are lasting longer. The defense is young and dumb. They give up yards and points, but it was stout this week, Eddie. Uh, 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 they ripped into the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys put up phenomenal stats, but it doesn't matter. They were 48, and the score was 48 to 16, and then they just got into the throat, got to throw, 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 and they started connecting. Right. And uh, there's three minutes left, and there's, there's two scores down, so theoretically they had a shot, even though it was a long shot. So they came out, came on, but those that data, those those points are are are, are deceiving because. He had two interceptions. Dak Prescott, they were in the first half. 
when they really needed to get the offense rolling. C.D. Lamb had no impact until the fourth quarter when it didn't matter. The defense collapsed. Dan, not Dan Campbell, uh, former head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan you know, Quinn. He was being talked. Yeah, Dan Quinn. They, they were talking about him, potential head coaching candidate. I think that door was shut with his performance. 510 <laughs> offensive yards allowed. They, they, they were outscored 25 to 21 in the second half. So the Cowboys recovered offensively. The defense did not. I gave out a lot of information. I apologize. We're, we're running short on time, so I wanted to give a lot of key points. Anything stick out from you with this game, Eddie? No, they just they just got their butts kicked, man. You can just tell by the flow of the game that Dallas was in trouble. You can just tell. Yeah. The, the the Packers looked way more confident. And Jordan Love, man, that kid is going to be good. That guy's got a rocket of an arm. He just flings it like, you know, Michael Vick does. Like, he, effortless and just just zips. He's amazing, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, the Niners are going to have an interesting matchup this weekend against this team because – you know, this this team matches up well against the Niners from a, you know, run first type of offense. And, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur is, knows, you know, Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan knows Matt LaFleur. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. But Dallas just oh, got their, right. their yeah. butts kicked. Yeah, they got their butts kicked. And, uh, you know, the, 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 they got outcoached. Matt LaFleur outcoached Mike McCarthy, plain and simple. <laughs> and, and it was very evident to me. Uh, from the outset, and uh, you know, and once you know the, the, the Cowboys, you know, once it starts steamrolling in the wrong direction, they can't recover. They just don't know how. Right, they, uh, right, just right, right. Me, you know, so that, yeah. that that's my take. No, I have a slightly different take. I don't think Mike McCarthy was out coach. I think the Cowboys in the first half just completely failed to execute. And like you said, once they started making mistakes, uh, Dak Prescott couldn't overcome. Uh, 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 and my take is, look, I have always told you this through, during these podcasts this year, the Cowboys are soft. They need to get mentally tough. They always pucker up in the playoffs because uh, of the pressure, I believe. And because of this game, and based on how well he played in the in, in the regular season, I don't know if Dak Prescott can ever take the Cowboys to the promised land. I think you have a different mindset in the playoffs versus the regular season. And you need a quarterback who can toughen up, who can say, yeah, the playoffs are mine. And he's not that. Do you think the and, – and as far as Jordan Love, uh, all the accolades about him coming out were that, dude, this guy can do what Rodgers and Favre does, and he can do it better in terms of the talent. And uh, uh, the other thing is he was forced to sit. Look, you have no pressure on you now. You know, to learn, to throw you in before you are ready. Right. And I think those three years really helped them learning uh, from that. Do you think the Green Bay Pack, I don't think they can beat, I, I think the, 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 the Steve Wilkes will be able to uh, uh, create some schemes. They've got the two-edge rushers. I don't think they have enough to overtake the, the Niners. Any given Sunday, I know, but I just think looking at the numbers, the players, uh, the schemes, I just don't think they have enough to overtake, especially if the rushing attack gets shut down. I think that's going to have to be key to slowing and stopping Jordan Love is taking the rushing attack uh, uh, away from him and saying, you got to beat us to the air because uh, I don't know if they can. Your take. Well, you know, Eric Armstead, who is the defensive tackle on the Niners, uh, has been injured for quite some time now, and he's coming back, and he's one of their main run stoppers. So, the fact that he's playing in this game, I think, bodes well for the Niners being able to contain Aaron Jones and, you know, uh, whoever else they throw back out there. Uh, Patrick Taylor. I, I think uh, A.J. Dillon, I think, is hurt. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, I think that, that guy's uh, Eric Armstead is key to be able to plug the middle up. And But, you know, 
Aaron Jones is going to get his. He's a talented running back. He's a he's a fast guy. Uh, in in space, he's a, he's an issue. So, but you know, the Niners have a lot of, of of linebacker talent that I think contain them. So, uh, it remains if you see, you know any like you said any given Sunday. But I think the Niners are definitely you know from top to bottom the more talented team. It, but talent alone isn't going to win it in the NFL. You have to show up and play hard. And I think that the Niners are hungry to take to to now that the Eagles are out. They're they're hungry to go to the, the Super Bowl, and I think they're gonna they're gonna take out the the, the oh Packers, I think so uh, probably uh, I think by like fourteen points that's my call I think so too look AJ Dylan doesn't always get his that's a problem uh, uh, but he's steamrolling right now and getting his so it's a matter of this team is on a roll they have momentum. But it's not like they're this dominant beast. And I think the, the Niners should easily stop it. Uh, and I agree. Now, final question. I already said defensive coordinator, Dan, Ca- uh, not Dan Campbell. Uh, oh, my God. Hey, Quinn. Help me out here. Dan Quinn. Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. I-, I think the door may have shut on him for head coaching jobs. But 12 wins the last three seasons. I don't think this loss is on Mike McCarthy. I think it's on the defense. Uh, I don't think Mike McCarthy should be fired. Uh, I think the problem is you have a quarterback that can't get over the hump, and that's just the way it is. Same, and same thing with Tony Romo. I think their last two quarterbacks just could only take him so far. Uh, but I think he will get fired here. What, what's your take? You talking about Dan Quinn or Mike McCarthy or both? Uh, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I think he's gone. I mean, you know, you have, you have you know, Bill Belichick, you know, out there. <laughs> And, and Jerry Jones is going to try and make a splash with Bill Belichick coming to the Cowboys. Guarantee it. I guarantee you he's going to go after him. No, I, so, I, I, I think, believe it, but I don't know why. What have I said all season long about Belichick without Brady? He, yeah, he's, he's not that great of a coach without Brady. He's a loser. But, he's a know. loser. He's a, And I don't say yeah, it yeah, in yeah. a derogatory yeah. way. It's a fact. He is a loser. So why do you want to bring a loser without the quarterback that gave him, brought him seven rings or however many rings they got. You know, why? Because you want to make a splash, so you're putting your ego and your PR ahead of actually what you need to do with this team. You know, so so I just think, I think, I think all Jerry Jones is validating is why the Cowboys keep losing since the Jimmy Johnson era. You know? Well, there's the problem, man. uh, Jerry, Jerry Jerry Jones is the GM slash owner there. And he runs everything. So he's going to yeah, do it. Yeah. I guarantee yeah, it. I agree. He's going to do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the Buccaneers shocked the Eagles, and it's not even close. I was hoping for a good game. I was hoping that the Bucks could uh, could uh, 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 upset him for two reasons. I love the comeback story of Baker Mayfield. Uh, 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 right now, if there's a comeback player of the year, that's him. And yeah. I think I think Todd Bowles is one of the nicest coaches uh, in the league, the, uh, a true human being, a, a gentleman's gentleman uh, who has played a physical game, who understands the savageness of the sport. So he's able to uh, – uh, 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 he's just a nice guy. I like him. Everything I've read and seen right. from him. So it was – Excuse me, uh, because I think he was gone if they hadn't made the playoffs, and I think he would have been gone had they been blown out. So I was glad to see them win. Look, the team looked sharp early in the season. The Bucks, remember, they were like three and zero. Then reality yeah. check hit them, and then they were they, they were looking like a JV team one week, uh, 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 a high school team that makes the playoffs, but you don't know what you're getting, you know. But they played with meanness, they played with toughness, and they played with perseverance. In this game, they went after it. And more importantly, they didn't look soft. They looked like they wanted it more than the Eagles. Uh, you know, and, and you know, 
they posted 426 offensive yards. Now, that said, it's not like, uh, you know, the, the Eagles defense was playing uh, uh, top-tier football, but the Bucks had no rushing attack. 90 yards per game is their season average, and that's horrible. They, yeah. they scrounged up 100, uh, almost 120 uh, yards. The defense limited Jalen Hurts. There were a couple of good passes he got away. Uh, but look, my wife and I were watching the game. And even she said with this one play, she goes, do they know how to tackle? Now, if my wife says that. Oh, yeah, they're missing all <laughs> kinds of tackles. Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always talk about fundamental football because they, they don't have many pad days anymore. So there's a lot of missed tackles. And it was bladed. Look, the Eagles looked like they quit. And they really looked like they weren't there. It looked like once the Bucks, oh, man, they hit me in the mouth, Dad. Uh, I don't want to get hit in the mouth. And they quit. You know, offensively, yep. 276 total yards the Eagles had. Their average in season, 350. The rushing game disappeared, 42 rushing yards. Their season average is 124. They lost the time of possession battle, 34 minutes for the Bucks, 26 minutes for the Eagles. Everything went that wrong, 30% third down efficiency. Uh, what's your take on, on this game? You know, I think you hit the nail on the head with the Eagles. They look like they just look like a team that was defeated when they arrived. And that that tells me that there's something going on there in the locker room for sure. Um, I don't know exactly if it was A.J. Brown. Don't know if it's just the hangover from, you know, not being able to get, get lambasted by the freaking uh, the, the Niners. And even though the fan base from Philadelphia, they're just relentless. Uh, they're, un, they're 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 relentless. So who knows? Maybe this stuff is just hanging over their head. They feel like crap. They just look like a defeated team. And like you said, they got punched in the mouth and they just never recovered. And and Tampa Bay took it to them. You got to give it to them. They were the physical team. They took it to them. And the fact that you know, I knew it was over when they got when that little tush push got stopped. You know, I've only seen yeah. that thing get stopped once. They stopped. I've never it. seen it get stopped. It's I've never, I've only seen it. That was the only time I've ever seen it get stopped. I think it was only the second time in the entire season it got stopped. And I think they're the team that did it both times. So I don't know, man. I mean, that that's when, you know, when that didn't work, you're like, they're done. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's kind of like they went. It's kind of like they went through the motions. Oh, we got the whatever, whatever they call that play. You know, and the just push, push. Or whatever. Yeah, and, uh, and it was funny. It wasn't funny, but it was like, man, you, you're watching Jalen Hurts slowly getting turned sideways, you know, as they're pushing yeah. back. Now, now it took a little out at the end there, but you know, they got away with one. But still, you yeah. are correct that, that you know, uh, uh, that was a defining moment because it was the invincible tush push. And you could tell even the, the announcers were stunned. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, so uh, look, yeah. I think both coordinators are gone. Uh, I don't. I think Nick Sirianni's job is safe for one more year. I think but so. The real issue is AJ Brown in the locker room. He helped instigate a cancerous locker room, a cancerous atmosphere yep. that that negated the team from coming together because he pitted the players against the coaching staff, the play calling, all that. I think he was just an envious, bitter guy. He started out red hot. You know, uh, I mean, he was on uh, after his first few games, he was on his way to a 2000 yard season. Then it started collapsing. And I think his ego was just pissed off. He wasn't getting the ball, wasn't getting his numbers, wasn't getting any of the interviews he wanted. I, and when you have a player like that, him, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, uh, when you get players like that, uh, Santonio Holmes, Plaxico Bird, you know, there's players like that. They, that to me was 60% of their locker room problem. 
But you can't give up no. on A.J. Brown. He, he's one of the league's elite receivers. So they've got some sure. real questions. Uh, 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 what, what, do, what would Eddie Aparicio tell them if you were the consultant? I'm here to fix you. If, if you want to live and compete for Super Bowls, follow me <laughs> or come with me. <laughs> what would you say? I mean, you know, the, I mean, you, the AJ Browns of the world are going to exist. It's kind of comes with the territory from being a wide receiver. You're just a diva, right? So you just have to have a strong <laughs> enough locker room to be able to, to contain that and deal with it. I mean, the, the, the original diva, in my opinion, is probably Terrell Owens. Terrell, Terrell Owens is the Lord, original, yeah. right? Uh, you know, and then you probably say Randy Moss as well, but I would say TTO is probably even more more so than anybody. It's the worst. But you had strong people in that locker room that were able to kind of keep them in check, and that's what I think Philadelphia Eagles. You know, they need that. I mean, they have you know guys on the defensive end that are pretty strong. You know, Fletcher Cox is a pretty strong personality. I think you yeah, tr- uh, 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 what's his name, Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, another one who's pretty strong minded. You know. They can contain that guy. Let him. I mean, if he's gonna, you know, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. But they just need to be able to contain it, and they're not gonna be able to control him. They're gonna be hopefully we'll be able to contain him. But it just comes with the territory. It's just the way they are. I agree. I agree. Look, Baltimore Ravens. All they had was an elite defense. They had an inconsistent offense, but because of strength, and desire, perseverance, and this is my locker room, and we are a football team, and we are a family. Us, the quarterback. He, you know, I would assume he protected Dilford too, because he loves Dilford. You're talking about Ray Lewis now, right? You're talking about Ray yeah, Lewis. Yeah, Ray Lewis. Yeah, I apologize. Just yeah. Ray Lewis. So, so I mean, there aren't many Ray Lewises around, but back in the seventies, eighties, you always had that veteran leader, and we got a bunch of prima donnas now in the league, and yeah. and I think a lot of teams. Teams uh, uh, like Buffalo, they've been struggling to get to the Super Bowl, and I think because they didn't have that strong leadership, uh, 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 that one person. And I think the Eagles will falter and will continue to fail until they bring somebody in who isn't afraid to get into uh, Brown's face and go, "Look, little man, you know, yeah. receiver compared to linebackers, yeah. uh, yeah. defensive tackles. Like, little man, shut the bleep up." This is yeah. in your locker room. We don't need this crap. And exactly. when that happens, the player may, may may grumble and all that, but they'll walk away and they'll realize right. I've been put in my place. I need to become a team player. They don't have exactly. that. They're not going right. to get that with two new coordinators. They're going to have to bring a player in just for that purpose. And uh, uh, I don't know if, if it, it, I don't know who's out there, but they have to find it. And with that, Eddie, uh, uh, I think we've covered the NFL. Yeah, I think we got some good games coming back. This is a weekly process. We're going to talk trade again next week. And uh, another great episode. Next week, we're going to talk about more football, you know, division around the playoffs. We're going to see who has been traded, who hasn't been traded. Oh, real quick, Eddie, one minute. Uh, we'll wait for next week for that. Well, I wanted to talk to Eddie about the 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 the, the Djokovic and Carmelo Anthony uh, uh, fake feud because it seems to be only coming from Carmelo being upset that his no that Djokovic wears his number. So I want to talk a little bit about that because it has more to do with egos and like what have you actually done for the team to be making those type of statements? You know? Yeah, let's push it out uh, for next week, man. Let's talk. Let's push it out for next week, man. Yeah. Until then, <laughs> everybody. Head on over to grumblingsmedia.com. You will find this podcast. You will find me talking more about Jamil Hill and my Fired Up podcast, uh, uh, which is our political podcast. We have our libertarian podcast. And obviously we have clips galore. So do not forget, grumblingsmedia.com. On YouTube, we are under the profile of Grumblings Media as well as on Rumble. You can also listen to the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Pandora. And with that, Eddie and I, we bid you adieu until next time, my friends. Have a wonderful week.
Take care, guys.